hey, Jim, look around the room right now. Everyone is here because of you. The moment I heard those words, it changed everything for me. And yet it changed nothing because I truly am what I always felt I was. I'm the connector. That clarity is what brings me to you and what drives this show, the Remote Start Podcast. Here, I connect my lifelong passion for bringing people together with my love of business and branding in hopes that these talks might better connect your community with what your company is all about. So let's figure out your brand. Let's figure out the target audience you want to serve and how we can use these two things to create an incredibly strong community for your business. I'm your host, Jim Doyon. Let's get something started. What is up, Remote Start Nation? Welcome to another episode of Remote Start. I'm Jim Doyon, your host. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about starting a business as well as well as learning some of the ways our next guest has been successful in scaling his business of recruiting talent for privately owned and Fortune 500 companies. Brian Kelly is the founder and CEO of Stuart Kelly and Associates and Classic Recruiting. In addition, Brian is the chairman of the HBK Group, a diverse investment company consisting of a wide range of companies from staffing firms to industrial services. In this episode, Brian and I are going to look at the question of, can you go months without any pay? We're going to get into the discussion of operational finance. And do you have the stomach to start something from nothing? We're also going to be discussing what it takes to have a healthy, positive mind and the ability to take no as an answer. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Brian to the show. Brian, welcome. How are you? Jim, thank you. I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's for sure. Yeah. Excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to have you. We had a little bit of a conversation before the show. I think there's going to be a lot of value here for the listeners today. So uh, definitely excited and, and honored that you gave us the time today. So with that yeah, said, let's get going. into it. Tell me something about you that we wouldn't know if we just met. Um, you know, I'm not any different than anybody else. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm one of these, um, I guess if you were to look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that lives well below my means. Um, I came from a blue collar family. I went to a college and, uh, from there I worked for many different companies, but, uh, there was one day I decided I wanted to get into the recruiting business, but I didn't want to get into the staffing business. I want to give them the head hunting business. And so when I got into it, I said, I'm going to be much different. I was going to be the Jerry Maguire. And that was kind of my little tagline at one time when I first started the business. And, um, so and what that meant was we really wanted to care for the candidates that we were representing for the clients and not just use them as a dollar and not just use them as a number. Really, we're going to find the right people and represent them as we're going to work with them every day. So, you know, for me, that's no different than anybody else, but. I go out every day making sure when we work, it's, uh, we make sure to find the right candidate. That's for sure. That's awesome. And, and, you know, putting your client first, that's always, always a great way to, to grow and scale any business. I I'd like to go into the conversation of, you know, you said you had worked for a lot of companies and then one day you decided to get into this industry and start Stuart Kelly and associates. Let's, let's talk about that. What, was there a, a certain moment? Was it something that you had thought about for a long time? And 
And what was it that helped you to jump into taking action? There was actually, it was, um, I remember, um, looking to advance my career, went to a, a, a recruiting uh, firm and, um, they had two, uh, interviews with two different companies set up. And, uh, the first one I walked into, um, it just, you know, uh, they didn't even speak English. And when I walked out of the room, I told them, I go, they don't speak English. I, you know, I'm trying my best and they go, oh, we, we, we didn't know that. And then I went to the next room, um, for another company that uh, they had me interview with, uh, which would, was a, a pretty good fit. But when I left here, I went, this tells me right here that they don't filter the right people for the right job, nor do they work with their clients, this, you know, the correct way for the candidate. And, you know, from there I went, I, I would never treat people that way ever. If I was a recruiter or a headhunter, I'd be the total opposite. I would actually work with these people. I mean, you know, you want to actually represent them. Like they're going to work beside you every day in the office with yeah. you. And I, from that point, I was like, I'm going to get into the business one day and, and this is what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. So, yeah. And, and walk me through. So you made that decision and then what was it like to, did you just say like you had, there had to be some steps along the way to get started or just pick up the phone and start saying, Hey, I want to, want to represent you. It was our right down to the gate. I'm not going to lie. It was, um, you know, I, I had, um, a bit of a business background, customer service background, sales background. So kind of a little bit of all, um, so, you know, was it recruiting? No, <laughs> didn't have that background, but it wasn't about recruiting and it was about having the right connection base. And, you know, that's where on the sales side, I think that's helped me. And yeah. so when I got into the business, that's how I started. I, I started contacting my old contacts and, uh, it was basically, we started a firm, you know, and, uh, we'd love to help and, um, I know the business that you're in, uh, to uh, my connection base. I said, I could find the right people for that because, well, I used to be in that business or into that field. And that's pretty much, that's how it started. Yeah. I'm, my contacts got the people started moving and, uh, and then started self branding myself and, uh, and then just started growing the company. So what was the biggest obstacle that you overcame in starting it? Yeah, biggest obstacle I would, I would have to say was probably the mental part of it going months without a paycheck because I had left the company that I got paid to reach. Yeah. So that was probably the biggest part. Yeah. Not having a paycheck because you're commission paid now. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, so it was probably my biggest part was to uh, mentally go oh, two, three months and you don't get any kind of commission to, cause you're starting a new firm, you're starting a new company. And uh, so that was probably my biggest part of it all. Yeah. That's, I can relate to that. One of my biggest, our, the second company that I started and ran was our, our a clothing brand that my business partner and I started. And I left another uh, company that, uh, my first job out of school. And it was nice that, that consistent paycheck that, you know, you felt secure insurance, all those things. And that was a big, big sticking point was going from, you know, making 
great six-figure salary to not making anything for a long time. And I remember that first paycheck, I, we finally, my business partner and I finally paid ourselves. And I think I went out and bought a nice dinner and like really celebrated. And it was like, man, this is, yeah. you know, I don't want to say it's like you finally feel like you made it, but it's like, wow, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's definitely, it's, um, you know, I, since I've started the business, I, I, I've had the pleasure of talking to entrepreneurs and uh, people that are just starting a business and, and they ask me, you know, what I do financially or how I started and, uh, it's been great. I tell them, I go, I'm not the, not the normal person. Um, yeah, because I live well below my means. And, um, so I, um, meaning that I try not to buy extravagant things. Right. And, um, so. And we say, well, there's going to be some rainy days. And, um, I said that, and uh, what happened in 2020, we, we had a thunderstorm come through. It's like, yeah, a we bird. yeah, we sure so, did. Yeah. Well, well, let's hit on, let's continue talking about, you know, the, the finance part, the, you know, going months without pay for anybody starting up in as a new business, or maybe you're already started. Let's, let's talk about the question. Can you go months without pay? That's the biggest thing. What I, what I always tell folks when they want to start a business is I always try to tell them, you know, think about your own expenses, what you have, if it's rent or home or mortgage, uh, car payments, um, credit card debt and so on, uh, student loan, whatever you have. Um, so take that with a 12 months and you take that entire 12 months, you put it down, you calculate everything you're going to need. You need to eat, you need gas, you need insurance and so on. So you got to calculate all that. So put that all down and that's your actual total that you really need to live off in your 12 months. And then mentally you should think, Hey, I'm going to live off this uh, amount of money. And I'm going to think I'm not even going to have one sale, not one placement, you know, but you know, you're going to get sales. You know, you're going to get placement, but what you're doing is you're putting, um, you know, a little bit of a safety net for yourself back yeah. there because it may take you six months to get the first sale. It might take you six months to get your first placement. And, you know, mentally you're going to defeat yourself because you're going to go, God, I'm not getting any money. I don't have anything to live off of. And, uh, that's where you got to have that money saved up. You know, um, it, that's probably the biggest thing I tell everybody, uh, is on the finance side that really make sure that, you know, before you start it out, uh, a get a business plan together and B have the finances ready to go. And uh, you don't have to have a million dollars. You don't need to, you know, and especially in a business like mine, have no inventory. So, you know, and so, you're, so, you're re yeah. so your recommendation there is before you go in and start your own business, wherever you're working, whatever you're doing now, save up that nest egg, work backwards, understand how much money you need to make over that course of that time to live your lifestyle and then save up and do that before starting a business. Correct. It's, if, you know, it's the biggest thing. I think what fails a lot of people is they, they have a great idea, but they never put a business plan together. You know, um, they don't know what it really takes. What are the full expenses of, of doing that type of business? And what happens is they get into the business and then they find out, oh my gosh, I, I've got to have all this money. Uh, for either if it's rent or for uh, a 20% surcharge when I buy products or if I ship things out and so on. 
So there's in, all these added expenses that they don't do. And then what happens is when they actually have their finances uh, set up, they go down and they go, well, I, I did have a year uh, saved up, but the problem is I didn't add in all this or that. Uh, and next, you know, they're only good for about six months. And that's yeah. why folks try it. You know, when you, when you really have it, make sure that business plan is, is down right to the bottom. You know, you got to make sure everything, and then you put a little, you know, extra uh, safety net in there too, with a little bit of, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, finances go a little bit more, but that's probably the biggest thing. I, I see so many people getting business and, and they're on a business within the first year because, well, they're tapped for money. Yeah. They just can't do it. So they had a great plan, you know, great, maybe a great product, great service. Just ran out of money. Well, I also see too, like, well, let me ask you this first. When you started, did you have a business plan laid out? I did. I, I put my whole business plan out, figured out what it would take. Um, you know, I had to self-brand myself, uh, self-brand the company. Nobody knew who I was, you know, just my contact base. That was it. And, um, you know, I had to go up against people that were in business for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, and, and how am I, you know, I had to advertise, how am I going to be better than now? So that was yeah. the biggest thing. So for me, I went to my whole business plan. How was I going to advertise myself? How was I going to market? Um, and so on. So that, you know, in the same way, where am I going to go get my client base at? You know, so that was one of the biggest things. Um, so when I started out, yeah, it was amazing. So it was, um, I, I'm very happy I did that. That's all I can yeah. say. Because I went several months without a paycheck. And uh, I finally got the first check. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Finally, yeah, it feels yeah, good. Finally, finally making a living off this. Yeah. Oh, so. right. And uh, yeah, I was very grateful. That's for sure. So that, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's very important to have an understanding. Like I look at it from, you know, our agency now, we do a lot of branding and, and we help businesses to connect with their community. And I think a lot of a business plan doesn't need to be this extensive, you know, 30 page plan. I don't think, and I just talked about this recently on another episode. Like, I feel like a lot of times businesses fail because people spend so much time in the weeds trying to figure out a business plan, trying to set up their product, having the perfect product instead of just getting it in front of their customer, instead of asking a customer the right question. So then they can build off of what the customer actually needs. And I feel like if there should be a, uh, to your point of having a business plan, I feel there needs to be a structured approach to almost like a framework and it could always change. It can always be evolving. Yes. But I feel it's first you start with understanding your customer, you understand your service and how you can serve them the best. And then you pick up the phone and just start dialing. The rest of the stuff I think would come into play and, and, and will help, but yeah, I think uh, I agree with you on the business plan. I think a lot of people get too heavy involved in, I need this extensive plan that I'm going to take to the bank. It's more of a, a guide you no. can follow, right? And I agree with that. You, you don't need a book. Right. As, as far as a business plan. But to go into business without anything is crazy. You know, you've got to have, you know, just write it down. You know, and get your steps, what you're going to need right with you. you. You don't need 30, 40 pages of a business plan. You know, you're not starting, uh, you know, 
$500 million company right out of the, your garage, you're starting something small. You're an entrepreneur. So that means you're, hey, working in your basement, uh, your garage, uh, you know, um, a whole office, somewhere. You know, just like many of the greats that have started. And, and that's, so you don't need much. So yeah, for a, you know, 30-page business plan, no, you, you don't need it. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, operational finances and some of the things that you can give advice on for the remote start nation of, all right, you're in this position, you, you laid out a, a plan that you can follow. You started to, you know, hit the ground running. You've got a nest egg built up. Now what? You know, one of the biggest things, once you get um, your finances and you're, and you're moving uh, and your business is, is starting to grow a little bit, that's where you know, you start uh, evaluating. What do you really want? Do you really want to grow it into something big or do you want to stay to something small? Um, for me, it was never about growing something that would have 20, 30 people in a room. And uh, I didn't want a staffing company like that. Uh, those were the ones that I don't like. I, I just don't like them. I, I call them the used car salesman and I have no problem ever telling that to people. Um, I didn't want that. I wanted the smaller version. I wanted the, the version uh, that actually works with the client base really uh, close and works with the candidates very close. So staying small is what I wanted. And um, so I think that's uh, when you do get money started coming in, start looking at ways that you can start building the company. Do you have a future? Put money in to the company, but also give yourself money. You've got to live and you've got to live a couple yeah. of them. Uh, but always remember too, and I always tell this to entrepreneurs, there's two parts when you own a business. One is that bank account that has that business money. It's not your money. That's the business's money. That means that you only get X amount from that. I, I, I've seen that so many times, and this is very true. I've seen people take that money out of that bank account. They'll go buy a boat. They'll buy a car, all this stuff. Cause they go, well, I've got $75,000 already, you know, and I'm only six months into it and it's like, well, correct, but you're going to need that to live off of your business. Right. Gonna need it. So, so when you just took that, you know, $30,000 to go buy your boat, oh, well, hopefully your boat can help you, your business, you know, but that's why I tell them that that's not your money. So you have to mentally right. stay there and go, that's the business money. So once you can separate the two, I think that's when you really grow uh, in a business. And that's, I guess for me, that that's really been my biggest part. So, and that's how I. And I like that. I like that advice because to me, it's, you don't have to be big. It's how do you want to live your lifestyle? How do you, what type of business as an owner, that's one of the perks about us in our roles is we get to decide what we want, what fits us best. And, you know, I, it goes back to understanding your why it goes back to really getting a good feel of what you're passionate about and what you want to do. And once you understand that, like in your case, you didn't want to be a big, a, a, you know, a, a big company. You wanted to stay small and, and give that one-on-one -on -one service, which means there's, that's your steady growth is finding those customers that you can really have that great connection with. And so it's different from everybody. So I, I, I think that's really good advice, Remote Star Nation. Like you don't have to be, you know, uh, the next unicorn. You don't have to be this, this huge agency think about what makes you happy and follow that path. Correct. It's, you know, you remember you, you're getting in business 
you know, for, for, you know, a few reasons. One is, uh, so you can be your own boss, which means that you have the flexibility to do things that you want to do, um, for you and your family. Um, or is it, uh, maybe, you know, something that, uh, you can learn more from and so on. I mean, there's several different reasons why people get in business. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, something you got to remember that, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, they're, they're, they, they all have a little bit of difference when they get in business and why they went into business. So, yeah. What is, so with, when it comes to the finance side of the business, finances and, and cash flow, you've brought up some good points. So I want to ask you, like, is there one piece of advice that you can give for a business just starting out or in the, the younger stages that you really want it to stick and, and, you know, it could be anything in that realm, but having to deal with finances and cash flow. I think on the cash flow side is come up with uh, an amount that you think that you can live off of for salary. First off, you know, what is the bare minimum that you can live off of? If, is that, and I know it's going to sound funny. Is it 30,000? Is it 50,000, 60,000? And people are going to go, like, heck, today's a place I can never live off that. But really, you should. Put down a pavement. What can you yeah. live off of? Well, that's what I would pay yourself then. Live off the bottom line. Try it out. You know, because again, the rest of that money, it's not yours. It's business money. You need that to survive. You need that for your future. You want to grow. You want to keep moving with your company. You know, so um, I think that's the biggest thing is to find out your minimum price that you can live off of. You know, as far as, you know, with, when you're an entrepreneur, as you know, it takes a while for your business to get going. You know, not, yeah. not everybody, I, probably in the single percentiles that, uh, you know, there are people that just take off right, right away, but you know, you're not in that lucky uh, club, I guess it, you fit the rest of us, you know, it takes a few years to get you really up and move, you know? Yeah. I guess that's my advice, I guess, is to, uh, look at the minimum price you get you know, or excuse me, uh, you know, a minimum, uh, dollars that you can live off of it. And, and that would be the best thing to do. I think that's really good advice. I, in an earlier episode, one of my first episodes, I kind of go into, and it came across because of someone I was trying to help start her business. She, her biggest holdup was she just didn't think she could afford it. She didn't think she could make enough money to, to make it happen. And so she didn't want to go off on her own. And what we did was we really looked at what you just said. You, you lay out your minimum. It doesn't mean that, you know, as it goes and you start making more, like you can take a bonus if the business has that, that cushion and whatever else, but it's understanding what that minimum is to live your desired lifestyle. Then you look at your product and it could be a service, but look at it as a product of if I sell one unit, what is that money that I have coming in? How many units a month? Do I need to live that desired lifestyle that I want to live? And once you break it down for her, it's design and, and branding. And when we broke it down, she, she had to basically book, it was like, I think 20 hours a week of business in order to live the lifestyle she's living now. And so it was a very easy decision at that point for her. When she stopped and really thought about it in that sense of putting 
putting it in a, a, like work it backwards, but start with what is the minimum you have to live off of. So yeah, I really agree with that advice. You know, it, it's funny. Um, I found a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they don't know a lot about uh, their business or they don't know a lot of the financial side. And it's funny. And when I, when I talk about this, I've spoken to folks that have been in business for 25 years sometimes. And uh, they're like, well, how do you write that off? How is that even a business expense? And I go, right here, I go, you're not that involved in your business side of your business. You should know that. Don't, don't leave everything up to your account. Yeah. You should know things, you know? And that's where I find a lot of people don't really get into the business part of it all on the finance side and really understand how does it work? Because again, you want to be secure. You, you started the business for one reason. Remember that. And once you keep that going, you'll do it for the remainder of your life, your working career, if you're lucky and, uh, understand the business part of it. And, uh, I tell that to folks all the time, get to know all the finance side that you can, uh, because once you do, it, you, you'll even be helping yourself a lot more. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. That's, that's a good point. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the, the mental side about, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to start a business and, you know, statistics show that a lot of businesses fail. Most businesses fail. Let's talk about what it takes and, you know, being able to stomach it and, you know, having that happy mind to get you through things. That's the biggest thing, uh, causes anxiety. You know, um, it's, you start a business, it, it, it takes a lot mentally because there's going to be several, several times you get told no, it's going to be several times, uh, people are going to tell you your prices are too high and so on. Product isn't that good. Uh, maybe if you bake pies or, or, or make cookies, um, well, I can buy it from a, a vendor, you know, that makes uh, X amount more for much uh, less. That's the biggest thing. It's the mental part. It's going to defeat you very quick. And how do you get through that? Um, so I, I always tell that to folks, look for a way to vent out of that. And that's meaning either, you know, either getting Tai Chi, yoga, something. You, you got to separate yourself because if you keep listening to the no's and all this other stuff that people tell you, I, I don't want your service, you are going to fail. But you got to remember that you were in business for one reason, to sell a good product or a service and so on. So keep moving. You're good. You've got the intentions to keep moving. It takes a lot. Every day, it takes a lot to wake up and stay positive and keep hitting at your business every single day. It, it's just, if you don't, you are going to fail. But, you know, that's the biggest driver. If you, anybody that follows me on LinkedIn, I, I'm, you know, I always post on LinkedIn. I'm a big person at positivity. I get up every single day. A mentor of mine taught me this. I get up every single day and I think that I'm completely wrong. And that's my mindset and my business. That's exactly how I go to work every day that I am completely broke. And I've got to do everything in my power to keep moving. And once you have that, that hunger to keep moving, you, you'll do very well. But if you keep listening to all the people telling you no, well, you're going to give up pretty fast. And that's why, you know, for me, when I was in college, you know, I think I remember them saying that 90% of the businesses fail in the first year. Well, 
probably because some of it's mental and then the other's financial. But that mental part takes a lot. Trust me on yeah. it. I know. Yeah. That's a very interesting take. I've like, I have a routine in the morning. It's in, you know, for me, it's like exercise, a little bit of like reading and just quiet time in the morning before anybody else is up. My biggest thing is like clearing my head through riding my bike or, you know, uh, getting out and just being in nature. Uh, but to go at it every morning with the, uh, the thought of I'm broke, I have to get out there and survive to make it. That's very interesting. And I could see how that could like, that could be a big driver. You got to remember that when you have the, that mindset, it, you're going to go, well, I ain't, I'm not going to get a paycheck. And they're going to come for my house. They're going to come for my car. I don't have any money. You know, I've got to get this business moving. I got to get some kind of, uh, uh, you know, annual streaming of cash flow coming in somehow. And that's where, you know, every day you got to get up and keep doing it. If you get very lazy with that and go, well, you know, I, I could take a couple of days off. I'm, I'm, it's my own business. Well, you're going to see the effects of that. So, and but for me, it works. And, um, so I'm always looking for ways to build myself up and uh, build the, uh, the self-branding of our company as well. So I love it. I love remote star nation. It's so cool to have different guests on the show and, and, you know, as entrepreneurs of, of everybody that I've, you know, interviewed on this podcast, it's so much fun to sit here and, you know, Brian, for, for you and I to have this conversation and you know, both go after it in different ways, but both have an effect of, you know, it's a, it's just a different way of creating that in our minds to keep us going and dealing with the stress of owning your own company. So I really appreciate your honesty and and you, you know, sharing that with us. And I think Remote Start Nation, I, I really hope you can take some some value from that because it, it's it's really cool to see different sides of it. So thank you for that. I yeah certainly. The one, one more thing we wanted to hit on you and I had discussed before that we think is very important in, in the stage of, you know, starting a business is, is, you know, that taking no or not taking no for an answer. I'd, I'd like to have you discuss that a little bit more with the remote star nation. Sure. Take notes. Why, why did they say no right away? Um, you know, did you get any feedback from that? Um, and then start looking at your business. Who would you call on? And why did they say no? You know, did your approach it when you first started speaking? Uh, did you throw your price out right away? Or what did you throw up? So you need to take notes every time of every call or every time you show up at someone's door. Why did they say no? So take the notes from it and start learning from your, from your past. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to try this on the next because when I got in, I had my tray of cookies and I showed them my cookies here and they were like, eh, yeah, these are too small. You know, we sell bigger ones here, you know, in the, in the self wraps and so on. Um, but in my world, you know, on the staffing side, what are, what are you going to have to just call them and say, well, you know what, we're, we're going to undercut everybody, you know, that's, that I'm all, I'll, I'll work you. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. You know, so you, you have to take the notes and figure out, you know, what is the way that you can benefit yourself from every time? So you can turn those no's into yes. And, um, and that's probably, uh, hey, not taking 
you know, the mental part, uh, just put it away. You know, you're going to start with a bunch of no's, but it's the yeses. And then again, when they say yes, why do they say yes? Yeah. Take the notes down. So now, you know, every time you make a call, stop in front of somebody, you know, what works for you. And this is your approach for you. Again, you're self-branding yourself. You go into someone's store, you're going, you know, either on a zoom or you're calling somebody, you're self-branding yourself. How are you going to sell yourself to them on your service or your product? So that's the biggest thing that uh, I always tell that to folks uh, that definitely getting into the business. Make sure you take down every note from the nose and yes. So, yeah, I, I, I love that. The more that you can go back and, and look and, and, you know, be critical of yourself and, and don't, you know, don't sugarcoat it. Like actually be critical and understand, like, right. I didn't do this right. There's a reason why I'm failing in this area, or there's a reason I'm succeeding in this area. And if you can do more of the succeeding part, your business is going to scale. So it's up, you know, it's up to you. There's, you know, I spoke with a, a small uh, entrepreneur, single person, um, and they were having trouble with their business. And, uh, like I told them, I go, you know, you love doing what you're doing today, but is it making a living? No. So maybe you have to go back and do something a little bit different with your business. And uh, basically something that pays the bills, pays you to get a paycheck, but also pays your rent. But then also gives you the opportunity to do what you really like in that business uh, or that service. And, you know, it's not always you can just keep in, in doing A. You may have B, C, and D in there too. And that means that... Um, you know, if it's, uh, if you like, um, I don't know, I'll use a quick example. If you like working on cars, well, you know, um, but you don't like doing oil changes, you know, and you don't like putting tires on. Well, I'm sorry, the oil changes and tires you're going to have to do, cause that's what pays the rent here. That's what pays right. the bills. Uh, but you still fix the cars, you know, uh, and, and do the work you like, but the other stuff, well, pays the bills, you know? So you got to be willing to do that uh, sometimes to get the business going until you can uh, get to a point where you can start separating that workout. So right, yeah. hiring the people around you to take the stuff on that you don't like. That's correct. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm in a little bit different business where you know I had hunt and uh, so it's um, you know I try to take on uh, doing as much as I can. So I work with uh, our clients and um, you know for me I work. Uh, nationally as, as well as a little bit internationally as well. I do work a little bit with folks in Europe, uh, but a majority of it is here uh, in the United States. So, so Brian, our, our, our episode's coming to an end here soon, but before we go, I, I want to hit on a little bit more. Tell the Remote Start Nation, who for you, for, for your company, who's your perfect customer? So if someone's listening and they're interesting, interested in you know, growing their, their business, who, who would be a good fit for you? Just for our company, for, for Stuart Kelly and Associates, I, I, our, our biggest, uh, uh, client I would say is for the people that really can't find anybody. I, I, I've been known that's pretty much, um, you know, I, I'll give you a, uh, kind of a quick one here. I had a gentleman call me, uh, he owns uh, eight stores here locally within our area and, uh, I did it's kind of a weird way how he said it, but he goes, I heard you're like a hunting dog. You get a scent and you go after it. And he goes, I've tried, you know, several other firms and 
Well, they all came up empty handed, but I was told you're the person. And this was actually from another recruiting firm. Uh, they said that you'd be the person. And, uh, so it was kind of a weird compliment, but I took it. So that is something that I've become known for. If, uh, you know, you can't find the people and then I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm the perfect God that's going to create these people for you, but yeah, I, I pretty much have honed my skills. I've been very fortunate to find these people in some ways. So, yeah, that's great. And to get a referral from a, a competitor, basically like that's, that says something that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've had uh, several, which, uh, but in turn, uh, when I do get folks, uh, candidates sometimes that I think would be a better fit, uh, I do send them back over to even that, uh, that's kind cool. of, because they sent, you know, a client to me and, and, uh, they respect me enough, uh, there. And, uh, so it's kind of funny. I, uh, I go against the largest, you know, staffing companies in this world, but I have a good working relationship with them, which means that, uh, they know where their lane's at and I know where my lane's at and I stay in mine. And it's a, it's a great relationship to have. I do what I'm good at. That's it. So, yep. That's awesome. Uh, Brian, where can the remote start find you? Where should they reach out to you? So we're at, uh, Um, so again, we work uh, domestically and, and we work in pretty much majority of, uh, all the industries. Um, so just reach out to us and, uh, certainly we can, uh, we'll see if we can help you out with, uh, any positions that you can't fill. Excellent. Our, my last question here before, uh, before I let you go today, what's the biggest takeaway from our, our episode today that you can leave the remote start nation with? What's something that we either talked about, or maybe we didn't hit on that you want to make sure to hit home with the remote start nation. Be willing to risk, take the risk hundred percent. If you get to a certain age and, and I'm not at that age yet, it might look like that without my hair, but <laughs> what I'm going to tell you is take the risk because all the worst and can, you actually can do fail. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all. Take the risk. Be willing to do your own business. Cause if you don't, you're going to 10, 20, 30 years from now going, ah, I should have started that business. Just take the risk. What's the worst that can happen? It fails. That, that I can't say that enough to people. So, yeah. I love that. That's great advice. With that said, Remote Start Nation, I hope you learned as much as I did today and can put some of what Brian shared with us to work for you. As he said, take the risk. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I truly appreciate it. Thanks. Absolutely. Remote Start Nation, remember, leave a comment, subscribe, and the most important thing, share this episode with your community who you think could learn from what you heard here today. Until next time, go start something, start today, take the risk and build a lifestyle you desire by taking action. Until next time. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. I wanna thank you for allowing me to share my passion of bringing people together through business and branding in hopes to connect you with your community. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Woodward Movement, the leader in brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. Check out our remotestartpodcast.com for more episodes and our social channels to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you build a strong community for your business. I'm Jim Doyon. Thank you for connecting.